Hello and welcome to a Sunday edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast here with 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren. A um, lot to talk about today. Rutgers uh, with a near upset win over Michigan. Uh, we have our man Joe Chetta out there in Ann Arbor. He was at the game. He was there, uh, you know, for all the action. Talk to the players. Talk to Greg Schiano afterwards. Joe, how are, how are things going out there? Hey, Bobby. How are you? Things are going well, man. It's a little chilly right now. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> But uh, it's that Midwest me- uh, weather over there. But you know what? It was a great game, great atmosphere, uh, something uh, we haven't seen in a while, Bobby. So uh, it was great to be back out there. All right, first of all, what was uh, what was the vibe like? I mean, you know, they're going down 20 to 3. Um, t- take me through it. I mean, in, in that first half, it, it was loud. I mean, it, did you get a sense that, that the fans there were, were looking for a, a blowout win and expecting that? Yeah, Bobby, uh, honestly uh, – uh, during the game, uh, it kind of seemed, well, the first half, the fans were into it, but they kind of looked past Rutgers uh, the whole entire first half. Uh, they were chanting other uh, schools' names during the first half, so everyone pretty much thought it, it was over from the jump. But uh, you know what? Uh, after that first half, man, uh, Rutgers really uh, kicked it into high gear and really played well. And what was it like out there? I mean, I mean, was it quiet? It looked quiet. I'm here in Jersey, and I didn't hear much <laughs> over the TV. Well, what was it like when Rutgers started stuffing them? Uh, you know, oh, three and out, three and out, stuff like that. Honestly, it was dead silent. I mean, for 106,000 people there, Bobby, mm-hmm. uh, there really wasn't much noise coming out of the stadium today uh, besides the first half. A couple stops here and there in the first half, it was jumping. But then mm-hmm. after that, uh, silent. I mean, Rutgers was killing it. Uh, the third quarter, especially, you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. Wow, that's that's something to go in 106,000 people in the big house and 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 create that. And um, I think Rutgers really kind of proved something today. Uh, you talked to the guys and and were there with Shiano afterward. What was the kind of mood of him and, and the team after this game? Well, you know what, Bobby? Um, they pretty much thought that they had this one, uh, that they could get it, that they can make a statement in the Big Ten, the Big Ten East. Um, but mistakes happened, uh, miscues happened in the red zone, kicking woes. Um, they were really mellow. They were really down. But you know what? They know that uh, they could be a part of this conference. They showed it today on a primetime game, 3.30 ABC. Um, you could tell that the players were a little upset uh, talking to the media. But you know what? They kept their heads high. Uh, they were positive, uh, and they're already on to Ohio State. You know, and, and uh, two big games in a row, Ohio State and Michigan, one after the other. Ohio State's not the same Ohio State we saw in past years. Uh, Michigan, you know, I, everyone says, oh, this is their year. But I, I've heard that quite a few times. And, <laughs> you know, they, they're known to leave that proverbial egg or two over the course of the season. Now, now, Joe, after, you know, being there watching this game and, and talking to those guys, do you get a sense that there's some momentum going in the next week against the Buckeyes? You know what? I do. Um, I thought the offensive line really stepped up today. Uh, without Reggie Sutton today and Troy Rainey uh, filling in, they yeah. honestly played very well. Um, their confidence level has to be high. I mean, Michigan is the 19th ranked team in the country, and they played toe-to-toe with them all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the quarterback woes with Ohio State next week being home, who knows? I don't know if there's a timeout for uh, next three thirty. Three thirty. Oh, it is three three thirty. Um, I mean, if uh, Shy can get rocking, I mean, why not, right? 
<laughs> you would like to believe so. I mean, Ohio <laughs> State's up, you know, big on, on Akron. I mean, you, when you be listening to this, they will have already won that game. But like you said, not the same Ohio State team that we've seen in preceding years. But, um, you know, staying on the Michigan stuff, I mean, you know, you're out there. Was anything surprising to you about being there, the experience? I mean, for some of the fans who weren't able to make that trip, uh, what, what are kind of some of the things that stuck out to you just about the game day atmosphere and, and anything else you might have taken in? Taken in? I mean, uh, the game day atmosphere here, I mean, it's honestly wild. Before the game, I mean, there's tailgates. The campus is so spread out. Honestly, it's Ann Arbor kind of resembles New Brunswick in, in a way where the whole university is just spread out. And there's just tailgates uh, in, like, each section of the campus, outside the campus. So so definitely uh, the tailgating ex- experience here is very fun, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, but inside the stadium, I mean, they played a couple songs that the student section w- was just going crazy about. And then mm-hmm. one time, I think it was either right before halftime or it was in early in the third quarter, uh, uh, they sang uh, the killer song. Uh, what's that killer song that they sang? That it's so popular. And that the whole entire stadium was <laughs> crazy. So uh, yeah. it was definitely a cool game day experience for the fans, okay. for the players. It was a good time. And, and, you know, for Rutgers to go in there and silence a, a crowd like that, I mean, it speaks volumes. Greg Schiano just in his second year when what was supposed to be a big rebuild, um, really, you know, plugging guys in. And, 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 Joe, I know you were a former high school offensive line coach. So uh, what did you think that right side of the line? you got two second-year players, guys that Greg Schiano brought in. You have Troy Rainey making his first start, very green, played, you know, 32 snaps last week against Delaware. And here he is starting against Michigan and not only held his own but did well and then you have holland pierce next to him who was a preferred walk-on that came in at close to 400 pounds dropped weight and now he's a starting tackle uh, what do you what do you see out of those guys i mean did you get a chance to really look into them and and, and if so what's your impressions you know what i did and especially uh in the second half i mean the cutback lanes for pacheco and young and uh Manungai, i mean they were engaged with their defender at least pushing him back a little bit so that when the play kind of blew up on the like the left side uh there uh there was definitely a cutback lane for those backs to create positive yardage and i mean a couple of times in the third quarter i mean you saw everyone watching the game um the right side was killing it at one point 26 yard run by pacheco a 19 yard run i mean they really did a good job and and they really settled in nicely yeah and and, you know in just their second year i mean it's it's really promising to see Greg bring these guys in. One's a walk-on and one was, you know, Troy Rainey was committed to uh, Bowling Green and then Shiano mm-hmm. came in and got him to flip uh, from Bridgeport, Connecticut. I mean, this isn't a four-star, five-star kid, but he's out there mauling some kids from Michigan in his first game. You gotta think the future's bright for the offensive line with this type of development. A- am I wrong? No, of course. I mean, you have to be optimistic, and I mean, rightfully so. I mean, today they really showed it. They really, really played well today when it mattered. And I mean, anyone, any team t- uh, down twenty to three could have just mailed it in. But you know what? They stayed engaged. They really played hard, and you know, they stayed on th- their blocks. And then Noah Vigil had time today, which I was very surprised with. I mean, I think they only had one sack today. Mm-hmm. And um. And, and I think just the running lanes just opened up. I mean, the floodgates really opened up in the second half. They really stuck it to them. 
Yeah, and, you know, if, if they can get some receivers to get some more separation downfield, it would really help things out. I know there were some plays where, you know, you guys just didn't have a lot of room, and that's something, you know, that'll be an ongoing issue. We knew that wasn't uh, a strong point coming into the season, but um, you're still seeing the formative stages of this rebuild, and, you know, I think a lot of people around the country are going to are gonna start turning their heads. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I guess the Michigan fans probably expected a blowout, but you have to— think that they're wary of Rutgers now right of course I mean nationally televised game I mean I could think uh, uh more fans that are that aren't Michigan or Rutgers fans tuned in I mean mm-hmm. and even including the Michigan fans they saw what Greg Schiano is building right now the foundation is set these really aren't his guys but you mm-hmm. know what once he gets his do- uh, guys down the line for the 22 class 23 class etc I mean they could really take off in this uh uh, division here, Bobby. And, you know, Big Ten, everybody talks about, you know, it, it's the Big Ten. You got these these big time teams. But I, I mean, you know, you're looking at Michigan and Ohio State this year. They might not be the cream of the crop in in the, the uh, you know, in the whole college football. It's still, you know, you know, you still can't negate Rutgers progress. But um, I mean, they have a chance to win some games here in this league. I mean, what, what do you see in, in, you know, down the line? I mean, obviously, Ohio State's going to be tough, but they could win some of these Big Ten games, maybe. They really can. I mean, what sticks out to me is Illinois is winnable. Maryland's winnable. I don't know about Penn State, but you know what? They could really give them a run for their money. I mean, they play Mm -hmm. really – their run defense has really progressed. I mean, they were kind of shaky against Delaware, but I think their sights were more towards Michigan that week. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, I mean, I really think they stepped – I mean, Michigan was one of the nation's best rushing attacks all season. And, you know, uh, they maybe had like 115 yards today total. Mm -hmm. So I really see them – like beating teams this year that maybe many in the beginning of the year had no idea that they could. You know, I, I'll always pick Rutgers against Penn State. I don't care. I, I grew up in I grew up in <laughs> so Philly, fun. and no, I grew up in Philly, and 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 I never liked Penn State. I mean, it, people would say, "Oh, it's a home team." I said, "It's nowhere near here. I don't even know where it is." You know what I mean? So hour, four hours away. Yeah, it's not Philly. Come on, you know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> so, um, never been, never been. So, you know, I can remember losing money as like a twelve-year-old betting against <laughs> Miami, and you know. But anyway, that's just an aside. But that's down the line. I mean, you know, you talked about Merle or Illinois. You know, Maryland's winnable. Uh. uh Northwestern, I'm not impressed with, you know, and, and look, even Wisconsin's losing games, you know, if Rutgers keeps playing like this, who knows, you know? Um, so I guess, you know, uh, to, to wrap it up, I mean, any closing thoughts out there, uh, you know, you know, that you want to add about the game being there, anything in general? I mean, for the crowd that was there, the 106,000, I mean, they were loud in the first half and you know what Rutgers did hang in despite being down 20 to three. I mean, they they put together decent drives. They got into uh, Michigan's territory, uh, a couple of mishaps here and there. But other than that, this team proved to me and to their fans today that they could play in a high-level environment on the road and they can play against any Big Ten opponent. I mean, even in, in a down year, supposedly for the Big Ten East, I mean, mm-hmm. I could really see them making some noise. I mean, if they could pack shy next weekend – I could, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to upset uh, Ohio State, <laughs> but you know what, Bobby? It might be pretty damn close. Yeah, you go, you go see what the line is. Throw a little wager on them, huh? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, one thing I covered Greg Schiano the first time around, and, and you know, 
one thing I knew he was going to bring to the table was toughness. These kids were going to play tough. They were going to play to the last whistle. It was going to kind of be like a lunch pail type blue collar workhorse team that you could really get behind. And I, I think you see that in Noah Vedral today. I mean, I've really been impressed with him through four games. I mean, just the way he's he's run the offense, the, his toughness, his decision making. Like he's not going to win the Heisman Trophy, but you know he he's really someone that, that's been efficient, and, and he's a guy that you can get behind as a fan because. I mean, he's just a tough player. He's not to, you know, I talk to him after practice every week and I, he doesn't look like a big guy. You know what I mean? Look at him. He's not. Go, if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't think, wow, this guy's a division one Big Ten football player. You know, he, he just looks, you know, but he gets in there. He's just tough and resilient. And, and and I was really impressed with him. Like I said, the numbers you wrote, you know, the numbers weren't off the charts, but, you know, he did an admirable admirable job so uh he's my game ball today um i have to go with him any, any guy you want to mention as a game ball guy you know who i was really uh impressed with today uh Kishan abraham i mean stepping in uh short notice for max melton um he really did a good job i mean they they gave up a couple big plays here and there but i'm telling you on third down he he played tight he played tight on his man was always there, had a pass breakup, had had a tackle for loss today as well. He really stepped up from that cornerback three spot to the two spot and really did his job well. And, you know, Cass was really good throughout training camp. I mean, you heard a lot of talk about Patrice Rene and Christian Braswell coming in in the offseason. And, and you didn't really hear a lot of talk of Cass. And he was kind of a guy that, you know, was an afterthought. And all of a sudden, Braswell's hurt, Rene's hurt, and Melton's out. And Look, he's he's one of your top corners, and he's really responded. Tough New York kid. Um, really nice to see him do well. So so I'm, I'm happy you pointed him out. We also, you know, we mentioned Troy Rainey. Isaiah Pacheco just ran like a bull. Um, you know, but he <laughs> shoulder square. He's he's tough. You know, I've always liked Pop. Um, saw him as a youngster, and, and, and you know, I, I liked him ever since. And, you know, even when he was a recruit, I, I, I just always, you know, liked his attitude, his toughness, and good kid, and, and, and just it's nice to see him do well. But, um, Joe, I want to thank you for your time, man. Uh, getting back to, to Jersey, be safe. All right. Uh, watch out for those Midwesterners. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bobby. And, uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate thank it. Thank you for thank having you. me. Anytime, man. So thank you for listening. It's our special Sunday edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. You can see myself or Joe on Rutgers, ScarletNation.com message board, the round table. Thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.